and welcome to another episode of Gamerheads. My name is Roger, aka Rogue Leader seventy six, and with me are my co-host Blue, aka Writer's View, and my co-host Christian, aka Fulgan. Unfortunately, Mike was not able to make it today, um, but he'll join us again next week. Uh, this week we have quite a bit to talk about. Uh, we'll go over the news, and one of the items in our news this week is how Chinese tariffs are actually making game consoles more pricey. So we'll talk about that, and then we have your listener feedback and games that we're currently playing. But before we get into all that, uh, I do have an icebreaker. So this week is the Summer Games Done Quick. Is that is that correct? Is that what they call it, mm-hmm. Christian? And uh, so I was watching that last night, and I one was amazed how much money these <laughs> this uh, this organization makes, like. At the time of this morning, which is about two hours ago when the last watch, they were at like $1.6 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dang. yeah, I know. Uh, and and two. <laughs> we should quit quit podcasting and start <laughs> speed running, you guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, and then the second thing that I, I, I was watching that it, the speed speed running is so interesting to me because a lot of times it's finding glitches in the game and breaking the game and and making it through. So I, I wanted to get your thoughts on one, uh, I guess speed runs and, and uh, what your thoughts are on that. And two, like all this money, I mean, the money goes to a good charity. It's, uh, it's doctors without borders and that's awesome. But, you know, I was telling my wife this last night and she was like, people pay money to watch people play video games. I don't get it. So I want to talk <laughs> about what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> Uh, so Christian, do you want to start us off? I mean, I know that you're really into speedrunning, aren't you? Sure. I find speedrunning very fascinating. I've never done it myself, but I find watching it very entertaining. And it started like, uh, probably four or five years ago now, uh, probably like five or six years ago now. I was just on YouTube and then I saw something that was some kind of Wind Waker speedrun. And I was like, what the heck is that? So I clicked on it on YouTube and it was an archive from like an AGDQ from, you know, six years back. And it was Cosmo running Wind Waker on GameCube. And I was just like fascinated. I was glued to the screen because what people do is they just dedicate a ridiculous amount of time to understanding like ridiculous levels of minutia with this game. And then they can break it inside and out to beat it as fast as humanly possible. And so people become masters of the weirdest video games just so that they can finish them quickly. (laughs) Like they have an awful games done quick block, which I find hilarious every time because (laughs) they, they just have people run like, games that are universally recognized as awful. And so people take the time out of their lives to study the mechanics of this video game and figure out where it's broken and where it's not broken in order to finish it as quickly as possible. And the fact that even like the worst video game out there can have a speedrunning community is like crazy to me. And I really like that idea. It's kind of endearing to me in a weird way. So that's why I really like just watching pretty much any speedrun. Hmm. See, I think it's so weird because one of the reasons that I like to watch uh, other people play games is one like the commentary like and they do a really good job with the commentary but the, the other thing is like you can experience some of the story and that's one thing that they do in the speed runs is they skip through all the story because it slows them down so they'll yes. skip they'll skip through all any kind of like cutscenes or even the end of the game like i was watching tomb raider legends this morning and she said yeah we're gonna skip the end of the game because one we were told that we can't show it <laughs> and and two is just gonna add to my overall time and she did it she completed the game in 45 minutes Mm-hmm. Or forty-two minutes, or something like that. Yeah, and 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 a lot of times, what she was doing is she just kept hitting jump, and she would break the game to the point where, like, the game, like, she's off the level, the level's off to the side, and she's just walking into emptiness, and she just walks to the end of the game, and she's like, okay, now I'm gonna quit here and then save it, and then when I come back in, it will pop me in the place I need to be because the game thinks I'm supposed to be here. So, oh, look, looks like the computer thinks we did it. And, like, it's so bizarre and i mean it's fascinating but in the same sense i'm like what kind of joy do you get out of playing a game like this that it's like i mean you're not really i don't know the planet yeah yes there is so for speedruns especially the very popular ones there are multiple categories of speedruns so for games that are like very broken 
they'll have a glitchless category where you can't go out of bounds, you can't use mm. any of these glitches, you have to operate within the confines of the game. And so, or like uh, Super Mario Bros., the original one, the first one on the NES, there's warp pipes, right? So there's yeah. a warpless category, so they have to go through the entire game beginning to end and try and get it as flawlessly as possible. Or like in Super Mario World is one example. People found a way to rewrite the code inside of the SNES so that you can beat the game on the first stage after like three minutes. Oh and Pokemon's the same way, like Pokemon Red and Blue... Like, you can catch Missing No in a certain way and then swap items in your inventory in a certain way. And then you rewrite the code of the game so that your character position is at the elite, the end of the Elite Four, and then you beat the game. So those are, like, crazy in their own way, but there's still glitchless versions of their runs where people actually play through the entire game. So there's kind of sub-communities within the communities if you're interested in actually seeing the game be played without breaking it that way. Wow. It's so crazy. That is crazy. I could totally see the appeal of that, though. I mean, doing it just because you can. Yeah. I can totally <laughs> see that. Yep. Yeah. Or there's task so runs. Do you guys know what task runs are? No. No? Tool-assisted speed runs are what task runs are. So what people do is they'll like load up an emulator or something, and then they'll go frame by frame of the game, and then they'll choose exactly when they want a controller input to happen. And basically, mm. it's like a recording. And then after every frame is recorded, it can be played back in real time by like just like sending out those controller inputs into the console at those exact points in time. And so basically, it's like a frame by frame recording where you can do things like ridiculously precise and at such a high inhuman speed. And watching it be played back is just insane because some of the game physics just break when you can tap buttons 60 times every second and like people just start floating. Walls don't really mean anything anymore in the context yeah. of a video game. It's crazy to see those too. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. And and they had uh, somebody run through uh, Majora's Mask last night and it was a 100% run. So you had to get everything in the game. Yeah. And it, so, I mean, I didn't long. stay up. Yeah, it was five hours, over five hours. Yeah. Uh, which is insane to me as well to see, think about somebody <laughs> playing a game for five hours, like, just straight, but... Mm-hmm. You've never done that? No, I, I, I really <laughs> haven't. I, I really haven't. Like, I mean, I'm looking back, like, I think, like, the most I played probably may have been, like, an hour and a half to two hours. Like, I just... I, I did that this week. Really? Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just so weird to me. Like, I... I don't know. Even as a kid, I don't know if I played games all that long, but the games were different as kids, too. Like, you could only play Pac-Man so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Um, I, I, I'm just fascinated by that and uh, just how much money those folks make. It's insane. Hmm. It is. Uh, Do you think that game developers sometimes leave stuff in their games for the speedrunners, or you think they're always exploiting? Yes, there are some. Uh, Indie games especially, I've noticed, there'll be a speedrunning mode in a couple of games I've played. I think Mm. Katana Zero is one. And usually what they'll do is they'll, like, give you a timer on screen, and then they'll skip some of, like, the story stuff for you so that you can just get right to the gameplay and not have to just tap A through a bunch of stuff. So, like, they're saying, hey, play this mode and then don't break the game. Maybe. Yes. Yes. Or, like, it just kind of expedites the process for them because mm-hmm. in speedruns, they like to know what time they, they're currently at in a certain section. Because, like, when people are going for world records, what they do is they'll, like, start the game, they'll start a run, and then as soon as they get to, like, a run-breaking part, they like uh, if they make a mistake that wastes like ten seconds, then their run is like dead, and so they'll just restart right away and try oh again. Oh my gosh, that's a lot of stress. That is a lot yes. of stress. And the yes. other that's that's why I haven't gone that far with any video game yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you have to play the game over and over and over and over mm-hmm. and over and over and over again to yes. like you have to be like I, I, my guess is that a lot of these speedrunners like they have one game or maybe two games that they're really really good at right yeah 
Yes. That makes it all the more impressive. There's a couple guys who are like Swiss Army knives of speed running, which is insane. Like a Spike Vegeta, he's got a really cool voice. You hear him announce a lot during the AGDQs and SGDQs. He's He does like crazy stuff. I think he does like Ratchet and Clank, and he does Kingdom Hearts, and he does like Super Mario oh 64 gosh. and Super Mario Odyssey. Like the amount of stuff in that man's brain is bonkers. That's crazy. But yeah, I think most people, they'll focus on a couple things or like one series, like Mega Man or something. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. Anyway, uh, Blue, have you seen any of this speedruns at all? Like the, I have the... never watched one. Oh, you should watch it. It's really fascinating because, uh, especially now, like the I mean, the weird thing is like a lot of times they'll be playing too and they'll be like, okay, this is like a scene that's going to be a long one. You can you can like read off donations now. But a lot of times like they'll be like, okay, stop talking. Like now I got to concentrate. And it's like kind of intense. It's really... <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, you could spend three hours and then 10 seconds makes the difference on whether or not you do it. Heck yeah. Yeah. Get out of the room. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah. But the weird thing is like, it's in like a big arena. Well, I I mean, I don't not call it arena, like a big theater, like, and they have like a, they have a couch of like people that they'll bring along with them that kind of like do the commentary for them. But then like, there's just a whole room of like spectators that are watching it and like and they'll cheer at certain parts like oh i did that part and nobody's like yeah mm-hmm. it's great it's it's going on right now and it's called i think it's just called like um speed isn't it just what you is said it, it earlier <laughs> yeah it's but I, I the event's the... called summer games done quick and that's the twitch it, channel is. Is, is games done quick yeah that's it thank you um yeah i forgot what it was called for a minute there <laughs> uh so yeah you should check that out um Listeners, uh, let us know what your thoughts on speedrun. If you watch speedrunners, if you are like a fan of that, uh, let us know. You can send us a tweet at Gamerheads PC. You can uh, send us an email at info at Gamerheads Podcast. You can go to our website at GamerheadsPodcast.com. And you can go to Facebook.com slash Gamerheads Podcast and leave us a message there as well. All right, let's move on to the news then. Uh, we have a couple items here that we'll cover. Uh, Christian, you want to take the first one there? Sure. This one's from IGN. Xbox boss Phil Spencer on giving studios more time for game quality. So in a recent interview, Spencer was asked why 2019 will be the first year in nearly a decade that Microsoft will not be releasing a Forza game. To which he responded, quote, one of the nice things I loved about the E3 2019 Xbox briefing was that things was the things that we didn't show. In the case of Forza, I want the team just like we did with 343. We gave them time. We did, what, four Halos in four years? Giving them an opportunity to really think and have a creative impact on when they launch. Turn 10 is similar. I want to give them time to think through their plans. You've got to be able to listen to your studios when they need time and they want to focus on more things. And as you have more content, you're able to do that. In a response to the question about developer crunch, Spencer also said, we want to create an environment where people can have careers, which means they feel fulfilled and rewarded with the work they do, and there's career progression. But sustainability of the work-life balance is critical, and I would use that word because I don't know if there's one equation. Okay, you clock in at this time and you clock out at that time, but when you think about the number of hours that people work, When you think about a sustainable career where I say, I can see myself doing this in 20 years, we spend a lot of time pulling the culture we have inside of the organization. Because it's not just how many hours do I work, it's do I feel like I work in an environment where I can show up as my true self, where can I do my best work, all of those things are critical. Hmm. So, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm glad that, I'm glad to see that, for sure, one, like, that he's trying to create an atmosphere where there's not as much pressure mm-hmm. uh, and and focus on quality over over quantity. I, I appreciate that. Um, but I don't know how much of that is just lip service. <laughs> versus <laughs> I was actual. wondering the same. Yeah. I was like, we'll see, Phil Spencer. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. But And I think it's also a really good marketing decision. Mm-hmm. I mean... Mm-hmm. It's like, why do you not have, or okay, so Starbucks, the pumpkin spice latte is crazy successful, right? Why do they not have it on the menu all year long? Mm -hmm. Because then it wouldn't be special. 
Yeah. And it's like Disney is discovering now that they own Star Wars. When you put out a Star Wars movie every year, people are not as excited. It's not yeah. an event anymore. And so I think games are the same way. When you can count on getting a title every single year, you're just like, eh, you know, whatever. That's cool. <laughs> it's it's not an event anymore. It's not exciting. Yeah. yeah. I think I think like sports games really fall into that, right? Like because mm-hmm. it takes a lot to one do something so different than the year before that you're like wow this is like the epitome of the game i really need this game but yeah like i mean there's some people that are really into their maddens but i mean i well, i don't know i mean <laughs> with those games they have the formula down so yeah. i guess it, all they're really doing is like swapping out the roster of the players yeah because i was gonna say you're really Big fan of the show, aren't you, Christian? Mm-hmm. And you get that every year, don't you? I have not. I, oh, this is yeah. the first time I got it in like three years. Oh, really? Yep. Oh. And what made you decide to get it this year versus other years? Because I was like, hey, I took three years off. This one's probably appreciably different. Okay. And even then, in that three-year gap, I still like hear a lot of the same lines. I notice a lot of the same animations and stuff like that. But I think that kind of, I mean, that goes along with what Lou was saying, though. That, you know, if you come up with something every year, it's it's like the same formula. But if you try to be creative, right, and come up with something brand new, like, like that's a really good marketing tool, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think, though, that part of it, that the reason he said this, too, is because this is, like, the hot topic right now and maybe he's trying to look like the good guys in the industry? Well, of course. But, I mean, it's it's really... There's so many positives to actually doing it this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot smarter than like what Rockstar did with Red Dead Redemption 2 when they were like, hey, we've been working 70 hour work weeks writing this game, so it's going to be great. That was very tone deaf. Yeah. So he knows what he knows what he's saying that Phil Spencer does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's part of his job to have a bigger picture perspective anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Than somebody who spends 70 hours a week with their head up Red Dead Redemption's butt. <laughs> no wonder they're tone deaf yeah that's true uh the next one here is from push square i'll take this one a third ninu kuni game is now in development <laughs> so an interview with japanese magazine Nik- nikea is that how i pronounce that nikia nikai uh, uh, anyway. Level 5 president. <laughs> We're going to say to Kai. Uh, president Hino uh, has revealed that a third entry in the Niko, Niku, Ni no Kuni franchise is currently in development. It's planned for release after the movie based on the series hits Japan, Japan in theaters on August 29th. What? I didn't know there was a movie being made of the series. Did you guys? Yep. No. I didn't, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, the, people have been talking about it for a while. It's not going to come to America for quite a long time, so. Is it an animated movie, though? Uh-huh. Oh, Is okay. it like the 2D animation, like Studio Ghibli style? I don't have any idea about that. I would imagine uh-huh. not, considering that uh, they didn't work on the second game. Yes. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there are many fine animation studios over in Japan, and I think it will still be good. Yeah. So, that's cool. I mean, mm-hmm. I own the first one mm-hmm. you can own it again after the remastered version <laughs> comes out right? i can and it's on the switch now too right or is it coming to the switch i think it's coming it's not there oh, yes yet, that sounds but... right okay um, yeah i mean i'm hyped i if if nino kuni turns into the next dragon quest and there's just a gazillion oh. of them i'm there for that <laughs> Jeez. so i i really like the art style in the game um but how is the play mechanics? Are they pretty good? I I really haven't played much of the game. Oh, yes. The first game is so good. Like, yeah. so good. I got 99% completion on it. And the wow. only reason I didn't get 100 was because I was tired of grinding for, for rare drops from mm-hmm. rare enemies. So. Um, it's just, a little different, Just too, to do all the alchemy. Is. Yeah. yeah. The combat's a little different because you've got like familiars, which mm-hmm. are like Pokemon, and then you throw them out and then you use, you control them. You don't ca- control your person until Nino Kuni 2, where you control the person. Oh. Mm-hmm. And that game, I feel like 
Well, it came out in the last three years because we talked about it on the podcast. I know I talked about it on the podcast. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive they're coming out with a third one. Or it's in development, I should say. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is weird. Especially, that they don't. They didn't say a release date, but they said plan for it to come out after the movie, yeah. August 29th. Is yeah. that... I feel like that's just kind of like a plug for them to talk about the movie because <laughs> it's probably not coming out this year, I'd say. No, I would imagine it needs a, a, at least another two years, I would think. But totally. Yeah, I would think so too. Uh, but yeah, maybe I'll go back and start playing the first one. <laughs> you should. The first one is so good. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I really should play that game. I think that was a PlayStation Plus game too on PlayStation 3, so... Um. And then the last article here, this is like the the one that I wanted to spend a little bit more time digging into. Blue, do you want to read the next one? This comes from Tech Radar. Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft say Chinese tariffs will make game consoles pricier. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. An open letter has been sent to a representative of the U.S. government after it asked for public comment on its proposal of a 25% tariff on all goods manufactured in China. The letter goes on to claim that a price increase of 25% will likely put a new video game console out of reach for many American families who we expect to be in the market for a console this holiday season. For those purchases that do go forward despite tariffs, consumers would pay $840 million more than they otherwise would have. Oh my gosh. Higher video game console pricing isn't the only adverse effect of the tariffs the letter addresses, with the document also claiming that taxation changes would, quote, put thousands of high-value rewarding U.S. jobs at risk and stifle innovation in our industry, which in turn would negatively impact the overall U.S. economy. And the government has yet to issue a formal response on the open letter. That's crazy. Yeah, this is insane. This is insanity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so the 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 price, the inc- increase in price, I I kind of figured that was going to happen. Uh considering that a lot of that a lot of the goods are manufactured in China. Uh I think I think uh the switch, right? Like the the actual uh hardware itself I think is manufactured in China. So I mean it that's not that surprising. And I wondered when we would hear a response from from you know, the, the game consoles. Um, the thing that really kind of shocked me was the fact that, you know, they could put thousands of jobs at risk as well, um, considering that, you know, if if prices go up, people stop buying the systems, they have to start poly letting people. Well, I, I would guess that people will be let go then. I mean, there's got to be some adverse effects, obviously, so. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's such it's such nonsense, and you don't want to get political, I but know. it's it's such government nonsense to think that you can micromanage the economy into success. Yeah, I mean, well, you can by by restricting who people can do business with, you make sure that less business is done overall. It doesn't mean that they're going to suddenly turn around and do business with who you choose. Yeah, that's just right. not how it works. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, so <laughs> I, I guess I'm not that, uh, familiar with how the government works, but I always thought Congress is the only one that could put tariffs on things, but apparently the president can just sign tariffs into things that he wants willy nilly. Like it seems kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, you would have to go and do some research as to where exactly these are originating, but. It's just, it's, it's so typical and it's such nonsense. Yeah. And it's like, let's just make this decision without any regard for larger reaching consequences because it'll work out just fine for us and people will go back to buying those good solid American made products and our economy will flourish and screw the rest of the world. It's, <sighs> it's so short sighted about how really globalized our economy really is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's stupid yeah (laughs) but you know what it if if this kind of thing goes through it does make a huge argument for streaming games like stadia yeah that's true that is a good point Mm -hmm. although your computers that you buy are going to (laughs) be 
a higher price as well. So I mean, when you think about everything that's manufactured in China, I mean, my goodness, is there anything that won't have a tariff on it? Uh, probably not. I mean, <laughs> what you could change, yeah. you could change the the laws and regulations that make it more attractive to send manufacturing products over to China. You could change those so it's more attractive to make them here and incentivize businesses to keep their stuff here. Or we could just penalize everybody. Yeah. You want to use the carrot or the stick, which works better. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the, the sad part is, I mean, that the fact that it is much cheaper to get our material from China, uh, you know, <laughs> because I think because of they don't have the same labor laws that we do. Right. So, mm-hmm. um but it's just the fact of the matter that if you want cheaper consoles, if you want cheaper products, that's how it works. I mean, yeah, that's that's the that's yeah. the globalization of the economy. That's that's what and how it is. And, yeah, <laughs> there there is not one single person in the government who is doing this because they're concerned about Chinese workers. Well, that's that's <laughs> not true too. not a one of them cares. Right, and and also I guarantee you the government's not going to respond to this because. I think we talked about before that I don't know if anybody in government considers video games a true industry. <laughs> like, no, they, just they kind of, don't. Yeah, but fortunately, kind of... fortunately or unfortunately, video game industry won't be the only one affected by this. Yeah. Well, I mean, Harley already said that they're uh, they're going to have to shut down plants. Uh, I think they said they're either moving a lot of their uh, manufacturing over to Europe. Uh, I think some car uh industries have said that as well i mean that's i mean that's that's mm-hmm. unfortunate it is for in the american economy and, and the rest of the world really is still struggling to recover from the great recession and now you want to do this mm-hmm. yeah do you think it would make sense for them to delay their consoles any further because this their releases are going to um potentially end up on the same time that these tariffs are in 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 effect, which just happens to be you know the worst luck in console manufacturing history, and price is a mm-hmm. big deal when it comes to announcing their video game consoles. You know, like price is big on yeah. their big TV screens, and like price was probably the major determining factor in the Xbox failing and the PS4 succeeding, and the PS3 failing out of the gate and the Xbox 360 succeeding. So like a twenty five percent increase on $500 would put a $500 console to $625. Oh my gosh. Do you think it would make sense to delay or push it back a little bit and see if they might stop? Oh, that that's got to be really hard from a marketing standpoint too, I right? Don't know. Like But I mean, if I was going to market it, I would be like this is the price of our console and this extra is what the government says we have to charge <laughs> oh, you. I would go. so yeah. put it on their <laughs> shoulders and say it's your yeah. fault. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe that would put pressure uh, on the government then at that point, right? <laughs> maybe. Oh, wow. Maybe. Uh, no, that's I'm a not really... biting that bullet for Congress. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Christian, I think you make a really good point because, yeah, I mean, Xbox really wants to, you know, at the end of this year, they were going to launch, or this year, next holiday, right? They were going to launch their new system. Boy, that would be... And Nintendo's talking about coming out with a mini and a... Uh, you know, more pro version of of uh of their console, and then a PS Five too. Like that's crazy to think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, either you have to, I would think you better put it out now and risk them not really being ready for market, or you delay them past the twenty twenty election and hope somebody with some sense wins. <laughs> That's funny. Which yeah. is a long shot when we're talking politics, but, you know, fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah. <laughs> Would there be any downside to them saying this is how much our console costs and this is how much are the tariffs? Would that, like, put them in an awkward position if the tariffs go away and then there's, like, that implicit expectation that they then oh. lower the price by that much? Yeah, that's also a good point. Well, I mean, you would hope that they, if that happened that they would be counting you know blessing their lucky stars as opposed to saying you know saying totally. being greedy and saying oh well now we get this money yeah yeah i i feel like it wouldn't hurt them if they're like this is the price point we want to launch it at 
But if this continues, this is the price point it's going to launch at. And and uh and and yeah, I mean if if they really want to like get people to like write to the Congress saying, "Hey, this is ridiculous." Like that's one thing they could easily do. Here's what we want to give it to you for. Here's what we're going to have to give it to you for if this goes mm-hmm. through. Yeah. And it I I feel like doing this will just push video games faster and faster to being all digital. Yeah. Which is, you know, for the most part not what the gaming community wants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah they like their too. physical stuff, but if it's going to cost them 25% more, do they still really like it that much? Yeah. And maybe retro consoles come back <laughs> because of it. Uh, no, that's, I mean, that's a really good question of, like, when to launch. I mean, especially since there's been talks about launching new consoles. Now what do you do? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's crazy. I mean, I I hope things get settled. I hope that this gets figured out before it gets to... Uh, point where it starts hurting our economy but mm-hmm. all right any other thoughts on that before or any other news <laughs> items too before we move on to uh listener feedback <laughs> no i got a shout that's... out for mike huh? you do yeah 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 it's sad mike isn't on the show but oh uh they announced that tetris royale is oh, coming I... I saw that. Which is just Tetris 99 for mobile devices by the sounds of it. Boo. (laughs) How? Mm. 100 players playing Tetris on your iOS and Android devices in beta in 2019. Oh. Yay. Yay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be very curious to hear what Mike thinks about this. I wonder if this would like kind of persuade him one way or the other. As far as mobile versus Switch is concerned. I'd like to hear what Mike thinks about it. Yeah. Hmm. I'd be more interested in it if you weren't just playing against other mobile players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it was just all Tetris 99 and they said, hey, you can play on your phone now also. And just yeah. jump into the same lobbies as you can on your Switch. Uh, yeah. There you go. That awesome. would be smart. I've, there's... I've noticed there's this weird social stigma, right, surrounding games and when you're playing games out in public. And I feel, like, less comfortable when I'm playing a game, like, on my Switch, for example, when I'm holding this very large thing that has control sticks on both sides and a bunch of buttons on it. I feel more uncomfortable doing that out in public than I do sitting there holding my phone vertically and doing something on it. Because everyone does that here in the U.S., Mm-hmm. But like even when I have to turn my phone into like landscape mode, that becomes it becomes a little oh. too obvious what I'm doing at that point. <laughs> yeah. And I even feel a little less comfortable doing that. Yeah. Out in public. Yeah. It's weird. I probably shouldn't feel that way, but I, I think about these things too much. I mean, <laughs> you see all these people playing Pokemon Go, like I don't yeah. know. I don't I don't think you have anything to worry about what people think about you playing mobile games. Yeah. <laughs> Good question. Uh, speaking of mobile games, though, and speaking of Pokemon Go, well, Niantic. So the new Harry Potter Wizards Unite mm-hmm. came Did out. Did you try and guess, it? I can't because it doesn't work on my phone. What? Yeah. They only released it on like new newer phones. phones. Like mine is a Motorola E4 and it only works on the E5 like, or 6 or something like that. Uh <laughs> Yeah, and somebody complained to to Niantic about saying, hey, Pokemon Go works on my phone, but I I can't get the wizard, you know, Harry Potter Wizards Unite on my phone, and they're like, go get a new phone. That was their response. Jeez. You need to update to a new phone, and a lot of people are stuck in like a two-year contract where they can't just go out and buy a new phone. Mm -hmm. Uh, And my phone's not that old. I mean, I bought it like a year ago, or less than a year ago, actually. Uh, And I think this is probably one way that they can limit the amount of players playing the game where like Pokemon go, like their servers crashed terribly when it first launched mm-hmm. because of everybody playing. But now maybe they're limiting the amount of systems or not number of phones that can be playing this game. Anything under uh, uh iPhone six will not play the game. Weird. 
um, which I think iPhone 5 is kind of older, but still, I mean, the argument is that all these people can play Pokemon Go, but they can't play Harry Potter, Wizarding, uh, Wizards Unite. And, I mean, their response, I mean, the person showed the letter saying, you know, maybe you consider upgrading your phone or something along those lines. <laughs> I promptly removed Pokemon Go from my phone. I'm like, that's that was the way you guys are gonna be. I don't need to play this game either. So you removed Pokemon Go. Uh, let's. Oh, because yeah, it's the same company. Yeah, same company. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. So. Somebody seems pretty assured of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they just count their millions already from Harry Potter before they've even made them. <laughs> I know. I know. So I I was just I was very disappointed because I saw uh, Phil uh, the chef Hoff playing it and he was like here's my friend code i'm like oh i'm gonna go download it and it the only message i get is this game is not available in your country yet i'm like oh well, really? yeah it is i mean weird because phil's playing it i could be playing it why can't i play it and then i found a, a post a reddit post saying here's a list of phones that doesn't work with and i'm like are you kidding me like i was really bad i bet that was a big list it was a big list and a lot of people Jeez. were really pissed about about it on that on a reddit as well so yeah. Uh, anything else from anybody? Nope. No, sir. All right, then let's move on to our listener feedback. And listeners, you can get a hold of us. Christian, how can people send us a tweet? At GamerHeadsPC on Twitter. And how can they send us an email? Info at GamerHeadsPodcast.com. And what's our Facebook page? Facebook.com slash GamerHeadsPodcast. And our home po- our home our website? <laughs> GamerHeadsPodcast.com. I was at our homepage. <laughs> Hey, that'll bring you to our homepage, too. See, true. now I give Christian a 10 and Roger a 6. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, a 6 is not bad, Blue. I mean, a 6 is still pretty good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess uh, if you don't have any aspirations. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. For an indie studio, it's pretty good, actually. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, listeners, we, last week we asked, uh, what is your favorite Sonic the Hedgehog game? Because Sonic turned 28 last Sunday, so uh, we got a lot of responses. I, I went through and picked out some of them here. Uh, Christian, you want to take the first one? Sure, this one's from the great, great Siam, Siamon81 on Twitter. They tweeted, I'm going with at TC Throwers. Mike, I love Sonic Spinball. I didn't realize it had a bad rap. I love Sonic 2. <laughs> But I played and got so much enjoyment out of Spinball and revisit it often. Love the music. Mm. <laughs> mm, I'm I'm disappointed. I mean, Mike isn't here to defend it, but <laughs> Sonic 2 has pinball sections, and they work so well within the Sonic engine. And then Sonic Spinball, they use an entirely different engine, and it feels bad. It doesn't feel like good like Sonic 2, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's enough. I'm, but I'm isn't sorry, it Mike. nice that Mike has somebody who agrees it is. with him? Yeah, it's like there's something for everybody. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> and it's going to be on the the uh, Sega Classic Mini Classic. It's coming out, Christian. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Play that if you want to. Uh. So, um, Christian, it's funny because you probably know a lot of these games. I don't even know some of these games. So, uh, Blue, do you want to take the next one? <laughs> uh, at Weeblesplain tweeted, Sonic Triple Trouble solely because of the train boss. What is Sonic Triple Trouble? What it's is a that? Game Gear game. Game okay. Gear and Sega Master System oh. game. And that train boss is very neat. Like, the most inventive thing in any of the portable Sonic games I've played to date is that Game Gear train boss. Because it's it's like so it's so smart. Like Sonic runs fast, and so how what what's a cool Sonic boss fight? He runs ac- next to this very fast train and catches up to it and runs across it. Like that's awesome. Mm. He's not <laughs> like jumping into some stationary Eggman robot. That's boring. It sounds cool. I just I didn't even I never even heard of the game. Yeah. Um, are you playing through the sick Game Gear games too? Oh, yeah, yeah, we played through. I think we're done with Game Gear officially. There was like 12 of those. Oh, my gosh. Thank goodness. A lot of them are bad. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one comes from at Bilbo Fragans, and they tweeted, I think Sonic shines best in 2D. Slow-ass Mario getting dusted by the super speeder. Miss those old commercials where commercials uh, were blasting the competition. Uh, either you can be slow or dumb or buy Sonic. That being said, I think Sonic 2 is the most Sonic of all of them. 
I guess the <laughs> emphasis on the most Sonic of all of them. Sonic 2. Yeah. Those were funny commercials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blast processing. I know. <laughs> yeah. And if you only had Nintendo as a kid and then you watched those and they were just like, get under your skin, like, I know. shut up, shut up. <laughs> I know. I I I was the same way. I'm like, oh, that's great. maybe I picked the wrong console. No, I did not. <laughs> uh, the only way to win was to be one of those spoiled kids who had both of them. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. I was not one of those kids. No, I was not one of those kids. <laughs> but I am now. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> now I have all of it. <laughs> take that commercials. Yeah, exactly. Uh, do you want to take the next one here, Blue? Sure, this is from at Honest Pokemon, and they tweeted, Always Sonic 2. It is in my top 10 games of all time. Hmm. Safe bet, Sonic 2. Sonic 2, is that the first time you could play as Tails? Yes. Okay. Yeah, first lots of votes for Sonic 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the next one, also a lot of people said, uh, Christian, you want to take the next sure. one? Sure, Eros Elric tweeted, Sonic CD, a man yeah. after my own heart. A lot of people said Sonic CD. Again, what is that on? What is that on? Is that on Saturn? Sega CD. Sega, oh, Sega CD. I forgot yep, they had that the system. Attachment, yep. Make yeah. your Sega Genesis look like it's on life support. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually where Night Trap first came up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there's a shining <laughs> example. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can you imagine for Christmas? They're like, we got you. <laughs> Sega CD and, well, Night Trap. Drum roll, Night <laughs> yeah. Trap. And you're like... <laughs> <gasps> Wait, no! Drop to your it, knees. And... Isn't it kind of like Sonic? <laughs> <laughs> the Sonic CD is so weird for the Sega CD, especially because like the vast majority of Sega CD games are just like FMV point and click things. Yeah, and then like Sonic CD is just a Sonic game that they use the extra bandwidth of the CD to get like a better soundtrack out of it. And that's crazy. I mean, it's good because they didn't try and, you know, make a Sonic movie where you click on buttons. They made a Sonic video game. Hmm. Is the graphics better, too? Yeah, they're a little better, yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Uh, I'll never probably play a Sonic CD because... Oh. Yeah. You can play it on emulator. Yeah, there's tons of collections that have Sonic CD, and it's out on PC also. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe it'll come to Switch. (laughs) Mm. you never know the way it's going everything will eventually come to the switch that's right that's right uh let's see the next one is from bntzilla guy is that how you pronounce that i think so looks good uh and they tweeted the fight inside me between sonic 2 and sonic 3 and knuckles bums eternal burns eternal (laughs) oh burns eternal (laughs) whoops i got far away from my i was gonna say he had this he had this wonderfully poetic answer, and he said, it bums eternal. I know. I know. <laughs> so I'm far away from my computer screen, and it looks like, you know, like, as I get closer, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah that's an R and an N, mm-hmm. not an M. And I'm Uh-oh, like, oh, Roger, are you old enough? You need bifocals. I think I might. Actually, the doctor did say to me, he's like, eh, you're on the borderline of getting bifocals. <laughs> No, this can't be happening to you me. You know, that's an that's a infamous way that people send out uh, malicious emails is they'll take a company that that's URL has an RN in it and then oh. they'll put an M there or a company that has an M in it and put an RN there oh, and they'll get them to click smart. on a link that way. Oh, that's smart. They would, they would catch me. <laughs> <laughs> Not if you had bivocals. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I can't believe I read that wrong. Yeah, it's like the bums, the bums eternal. That makes no sense. Burns eternal. Yes. Uh yeah. Sonic, Sonic, uh, Sonic three, and it was that was. Oh, so was not Knuckles a separate one? Was Sonic and Knuckles was that a separate game, or is that Sonic three? Sonic three. Yeah, it's this whole thing. There's Sonic three, and they were making it, and they wanted to make like this crazy thing, and then they were like, "Sorry, you can't do that." And so they're like, "Okay, we'll just make Sonic 3. And then they made an attachment, oh. which was an and Knuckles attachment. That's right. After the fact, which is crazy. I don't think there's any other Genesis game that does this. But you like you put it in your Genesis, and then you like put other another Genesis game into it on top. <laughs> so weird. And so if you put Sonic Three uh, into the Sonic Three and Knuckles top loading cartridge slot, then you would get the full game, which is like the the second half of it is the and Knuckles part. Wow. That's so crazy. Which is weird. And I think That's you can cool, like hook in Sonic 1 and 2 into the and Knuckles cartridge also. Wow. And you can play with Knuckles in Sonic 1 and 2. Crazy. So there you go. Uh, 
It's weird. It is weird. Uh, Blue, do you want to take the next one? At CD Mega tweeted, Sonic Adventure, I don't care. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, you know what? You do you. Yeah, that's right. And the next person also said uh, Sonic Adventure. Christian, you want to take the next one? Sure. At Musum the Game tweeted, Sonic Adventure, because despite all its flaws, it's still super fun to play and fast AF. Uh-huh. I approve. Sonic Adventure is fun. I, I'll have to play that game. <laughs> and then the last one is from uh, Hero at Hero James Lynch, and they tweeted either Sonic Two or Sonic's and Sonic and Knuckles. So yeah, a lot of lot of votes for Sonic Two, a lot of votes for Sonic CD, mm-hmm. Sonic Adventure mm-hmm. got a couple votes. So a lot of love for Sonic, Christian. They should mm-hmm. why don't you why don't you plug uh, the the you're doing like a YouTube series, right? Yeah, it's called The Socket. So if you YouTube The Socket in any Sonic game that's come out before uh, 1999, I want to say. Sure, 1999, you can find a YouTube video about it. There you go. There you go. So check that out. Uh, Christian does a good job with that stuff. So mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, all right, let's move on to games that we're currently playing then. And Christian, you want to start us off again? What are you currently playing? Sure. I just finished SteamWorld Heist oh, on did. Switch. Yes. Yeah, and? Yes. I've been meaning to play it because oh, I wanted to finish it before Mario Maker came out. And I did. It's done. I really liked it a lot. My favorite SteamWorld game yet. Uh, it's I've only it's my third SteamWorld game out of the five that came out. I'm probably not going to play Tower Defense. I'd still like to play <laughs> Dig 2 after this. Yeah. But uh really liked it a lot it's like this turn-based uh shooter thing turn-based strategy shooter and it's like side scrolling so you get a turn you move your you move your robot guys into position and you aim at people it's kind of like worms where you you have to manually aim at the people so you can um there's some strategy there to like you can't just snap onto someone and there's a certain percentage that you hit and don't hit and so there's like these really tense moments where you're like, okay, this guy is standing across the map and he's behind a wall, but if I could ricochet the bullet off of this wall just right and get a headshot and get a critical, it'll take him out in one hit. And when you nail those shots, it feels so good. It's amazing. <laughs> I loved it. And a lot of the game is pretty simple. I mean, a lot of the levels are just like blow this thing up, kill all these bad guys and then get to the exit. And so it can get kind of repetitive, but those little moments of just like one in a million shots that you make just kept me going throughout the entire thing. You also level up your robots and whatnot, but I really loved it. Yeah. And the thing that I liked about the game is you can knock hats off of your opponents Mm -hmm. and then you can wear those hats, right? Yes, you can. Yeah, there's like a little slot where you can put different hats in. They don't do anything, yeah, I don't, don't think. Do no, they but don't. But you can knock them off, and then you can get real ticked off when you miss a headshot and hit their hat off instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun game. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of genres you just listed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I it's did. It's a this yeah. and a this and a this and a this. Yeah, which is really unique for it. I mean, the other SteamWorld games are just kind of, you know, the things that they are. Like Tower Defense, we've got 500 of those on the internet, and we've got card combat games. Not as many, but they exist. Uh, Slay the Spire being one that's very similar to mm-hmm. SteamWorld Quest. And there's a bunch of digging games on the internet, too. But this one, is, it's very unique. Liked it a lot. Like Dig Dug? Like Dig Dug. There yeah. you go. <laughs> uh, are you playing anything else? Yes, I also played the crap out of Crash Team Racing. Oh. Played a bunch of Crash Team Racing, 100% of the adventure mode. And of you did. yes, I did. And I, <laughs> uh, yes, I played I on a bunch did. of the tracks. I played at least one race on every track because there was a trophy for that. You know, I got that trophy. No platinum yet because that platinum is going to be very difficult. But I love Crash Team Racing Nitro Field. Really like it a lot. So you played Sonic, right? Yes, Team Sonic. Okay, yeah, racing, I that was going to be my question. Sonic or Crash? Yeah. I like Crash a lot more. I like Crash a lot more. There's a much higher skill ceiling, even when compared to Mario Kart, which I like a lot. Because like in Mario Kart, it's, you know, you get the items, you use them, and then every, pretty much every turn that's of like a certain curvature, you just do the drift boost around it. And so you can let it go after you've been drifting longer, you know, that'll give you a little bit of an edge. Or you can take the inside part of the track so that you're not going as 
not covering as much ground, but still like it's there's just like very small ways to shave a couple fractions of a second off. Whereas in Crash Team Racing, it has a drift boost system. And it's very it's it's very hard to explain, and it took me a long time to get a grasp on it after reading like a text description even. I wasn't entirely sure how it worked. But there's there's two there's two boot or drift buttons, right? And it works like Mario Kart, where if you're going on a turn and then you push the drift or the the drift button, then you'll start drifting. But then there's this meter, and it fills up. And what you want to do is push the second drift button once the meter gets full, and then you'll oh. boost a little bit. And if oh. you can do three of those in a row, if you do three of those, you can do that in one drift up to three boosts in a row. Then you'll get an even bigger boost at the end. Oh. And it's very unwieldy. It doesn't feel like Mario Kart. And it's like kind of slippery. It feels a little weird. It's a little stiff sometimes. It's a little loose. But it's like, it takes a lot to get used to, a lot of time to get used to. But because of that, if you can get it right, you're just like shimmying along these tracks and like hopping, hopscotching back and forth and just boosting your way across everything. And it feels fantastic. But if you like nip or clip one wall, then like you're t- you're you're gonna slow down significantly, and you're gonna give everyone else the edge, and so I really like it because of that. Like it takes a lot of time and effort to get into its systems, but if you're willing to do it, I enjoy it more than I enjoy going back to Mario Kart right now. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds awesome. like. I mean, it sounds awesome, but it also sounds like the kind of thing that would keep, like most average people, from enjoying it. Yeah. Yes. And there's there's online play this time around, which was not in the original. So what this is, this is Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. So they remastered the entirety of the first Crash Team Racing game on the PlayStation 1. So you can play the cra- the campaign mode and you can play any of the original Crash Team Racing tracks. There was also a like a sequel to it called, well, boy, Crash Team Racing Nitro Kart, that's what it's called. And that's where the Nitro Fueled part of the, you know, title comes in because they remastered all the tracks in the sequel, Nitro Fueled, which came out on PS2, Xbox, that console generation. And so they don't have a campaign for that part, which is kind of disappointing. And as a result, all of the campaign is very short. It only took me like six hours to 100% it. So it's because it's just the first game's campaign mode and there aren't a ton of tracks in the first game. But when you add in all of the second game's tracks on top of it, then there's quite a bit to dip into there, which is really nice. Hmm. Wow. And what are you playing it on right now? PS4 is what I'm playing on. And uh, the online play is what I wanted to talk about. The online play is a new addition that wasn't in any previous Crash Team Racing game. And so when you're playing online with other people, there's there's the people who know how to drift boost and there's the people that don't because <laughs> there's usually like <laughs> two people no way ahead. And then there's like the other five people just trying to catch up the whole race. Oh. And that can, you know, it's... It's like not everyone can really have an edge in the way you can in Mario Kart. And that's because the skill ceiling is so high when compared to Mario Kart. But, I mean, it's it's a different type of game because of that. It's not just a Mario Kart clone. It's its own thing. Mm. That's Interesting. good. That's really yeah. good. Uh, are you reviewing so, I mean, it for somebody I... or did you buy it? Yes, sir. The review should be up about next week or so. Okay. Really I didn't mean it. to cut you off, Blue. What were you going to say? Oh, that, that's okay. I was just going to say, because when we get Mario Kart clones, we get Nintendo Kart racing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so, right. So <laughs> as much as I love Mario Kart, I want the games to embrace what makes them different and go out and mm-hmm. get their own audiences. Yeah. yeah. Although that being said, I think in Mario Kart 9, we need a campaign. Ooh. Yes, please. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'd like that a lot. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah, Crash Team Racing, it has more of a campaign where you you do a couple races, you get a couple collectibles, and then you unlock the boss race, and then you race the boss and move on to the next area, which I like. Yeah. And it's short, which is kind of sad, you know. I like the very substantial single-player stuff, and a lot of the content in Crash Team Racing is not in the campaign, uh, but... The online racing is there, and there are time trials, which are, like, ridiculously difficult. Like, you need to get near-perfect times on these tracks in order to beat the best ghosts that are already in the game. And that's why the Platinum is so difficult. Mm. But 
<clears throat> if you've got someone else to play with, you can get a lot of enjoyment out of all the tracks that are there. Hmm. Uh, I was at I was at Walmart and I saw you know Crash Team Racing and and Sonic Team Racing out, and then they had Nickelodeon Kart Racer. <laughs> and they and that one was like totally discounted like really cheap was it and i i just thought boy that poor kid that the mom's like sent out to go get you know i really want crash team racing or sonic team racing and the mom goes she's like well, you know this was the Nicole. same and it's, yes, it's a third of the price yeah exactly Uh-oh. like look at all the cute characters they're gonna love this and they buy that and yeah, they watch the Nickelodeon all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you like SpongeBob, don't you? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that poor kid. Oh, that's the world we live in. Mom. Yeah. It's isn't that the episode of Simpsons where like Bart wants like a really violent video game and his mom buys oh. him like some Yeah, isn't it one where he wa- it might be where he wants Red Dead and then she brings home like Pretty Pony Stable. Yes, yes, yes. And she's standing there with a smile on her face. Yeah. She's like, oh, no. (laughs) Uh, Cool. Anything else you're playing? No, that's it for me. What about you, Blue? What have you been playing? I finished Iconoclast. You did? did. Holy nuts. That was Mm -hmm. fast. Well, when I said that, oh, I did that this week. Yeah, I sat down for like six hours and played. Oh, wow. Played it till I finished it. Wow. How'd you feel about it, Blue? I'm excited to hear. It's awesome. I mean, it's. I'm going to continue with what I said last week in that overall, I was not impressed with the difficulty. Easy? Yeah, it's just... It was a little on the easy side. It didn't require any gamer skill. Like like you said last week, it's just once you figure out how to do it, mm-hmm. you solve the puzzle and then you can do it. And so I, in in that sense, it didn't feel as satisfying as something that you had to earn. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I still really loved it. I loved all the different locations in the game. Um, I loved how I'm so impressed always with games that can come up with deep emotional story moments with just a dialogue box and a couple of pixels. Mm -hmm. That's always so impressive to me. And this one had a lot of them towards the end. Um, Definitely (laughs) the final, final, final boss. When he shows up, I was like, it's like two in the morning. (laughs) And I'm like, what (laughs) yeah what what is this what Mm -hmm. what's going on and then they like never explain it either and you're just like what the (laughs) heck just happened yeah oh so good so good there's a lot of uncertainty because you you the game kind of toys with your expectations it's like i don't know if these things are real do they Mm -hmm. not exist and then they're just like boom dude i like yeah definitely definitely (laughs) and then on the on the when you go to the moon and mm-hmm. like i don't want to spoil it but that thing that you have to do on the moon i was like yep. oh snap mm-hmm. so yes. yeah. i agree i agree i'm glad you got to it blue because yeah i like i i recall enjoying the second half a lot more than the first half because it, it went crazy places and did mm-hmm. things i haven't seen in a video game like that before yeah exactly and it's like um Part of the reason that I I played it for six hours straight is because I kept thinking, this is the end boss. I must be yeah. almost done. <laughs> nope. <laughs> not quite. So, and then I got this like, well, they keep giving me more bosses, but I've committed at this point. <laughs> I know I have to work in the morning. It's okay. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes, Better get but a I'm... big pot of coffee going. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I got this. <laughs> Yes, but I, I really, really enjoyed it. And then it gives you your score at the end. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so disappointed in myself. <laughs> oh, really? I They're like, you got 36%. I was like, what? That's it? <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to beat you. <laughs> and I do definitely want to go back and play the new game plus mode on a higher difficulty. And... Uh, and instead of just like plowing through, I definitely want to take time and pay attention and see if I can get the extras that it said that I was missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have to play more of that game. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Are you playing anything else? Or have you played anything else? Um. Uh yeah, I played uh Star Soldier. Oh Star yeah, Soldier. Star Soldier on the the NES online on the yeah. Switch. Yeah, it's a shmup shmup yeah. from uh oh eighty eight or whatever. Uh-oh. I don't remember that being all that great. I mean, it's probably okay, but I. Yeah, kind of in my mind, the shoot 'em ups all just kind of run together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, and definitely the ones where you can't just h- hold down the button, mm-hmm. where you have to like tap, 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 and you're just like, okay, my fingers are tired. Yeah. 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 But, you know, it was, it's fun, but it's a little weird because the perspective is weird because there's all these structures that you're flying past. And it's like the enemies will be on top of the structures, like from your top-down perspective. They're mm-hmm. on top of the structures, and you'll be shooting them. But then all of a sudden, you'll get to the structure, and, and your ship will go below it. Oh. And then you'll go past it, and you'll be shooting the enemies again. I was like, but the the angle of that, so your guns must go up at like a 45-degree <laughs> angle? Because otherwise, how is that possible? Yeah, huh. yeah. That's weird. I don't know. Broken. <laughs> Not broken, just just weird. 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 Yeah, but um, the thing that always breaks my heart about shoot 'em ups is that you'll be making progress and you'll get all these power ups and you'll be doing great and then you'll make a mistake and you'll die. Mm. But then you'll be stuck at that higher level and then they start your weapons over. You lose all your power ups. He's yeah. like, but. But now I can't play this higher level without yeah, my power-ups. Exactly. Why'd you take exactly. them from me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did that with, um, they did that with, uh, what was that? I want to say. Super R-Type? Yeah. For the RGB challenge? That yeah, one did, totally yeah. did that. Yeah. That one was yeah. awful. Yeah. And uh, in, in on Nintendo Online, there's um, Gradius. They have the, the SP version of that. So you're you're mm-hmm. at the last boss and they give you everything. But yeah, once you <laughs> die, you lose it all and you're like, well, now I can't do this at all. <laughs> yeah, now I don't have a chance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm stuck with a little pew, pew, pew <laughs> shooter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, are you playing anything else? No, but I wanted to get more blood stained, but oh. I didn't get to it. Yeah. Uh, for myself, I have been playing. Um, so I, I have been reviewing a game called Platago Super Platform Game Maker on the Switch. Uh, so it's a platform game maker. <laughs> and uh, so it's no Super Mario Maker 2, obviously. <laughs> that. Uh, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's okay. It's kind of cool. There's some aspects I really like about it that you can make like a Game Boy looking game and you can make like a... Commodore, Commodore-looking game, and you can do like uh, an NES-style game, but there's no tutorial, so it's really hard to figure out what you're doing. Uh, and, yeah, and that seems really bad in a game where you have to, you know, make your own levels. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there is a couple game levels that you can play. I think they're made by players, but I'm not 100 percent sure. But they're all the same. They're all they're all the same. You play through it. You have to collect these gems. You have to collect a hundred gems before you can exit the level, and it's like all of them are the same. And some of them are really unique levels, and some of them are just like I can't do this. This is impossible. Like you made it really really hard. Um, so I've been playing that, and then I just picked up Mario Maker Two yesterday for the Switch. Nice. And it's so much better. <laughs> It just, it just plays better, and uh, I only got to play a little bit. I, I actually played a little bit for the serial, the um, Saturday morning serial series that I do on Saturday mornings, mm-hmm. and I was playing the actual levels, and they're really good. They're fun. They're just, it's, it's, it's. I could play that. I just that alone. I'm like, this is really great. It's like a hundred different levels you have to go through. Um, but then you know, you can make levels as well and then you can obviously play other people's levels too which is kind of cool but um yeah it just came out yesterday and then already last night i saw people posting pictures where they got a hundred percent of the castle done i was like that's crazy dang 
Yeah. Did you do anything else today? <laughs> yeah. I got 4% of the castle done. <laughs> in the hour that I played. Jeez. I really uh, like how they put a single player in there. I yeah, was really, that is, I, is really cool. I get a lot out of that. Like, that's how I played, spent most of my, like, 70 hours with Smash, was just playing the single player stuff. So, I'm really glad there's some single player there. And it's it's neat. It's cute. You try and get coins to rebuild the castle, and so coins are very important in these levels as a result, which is neat. And, like, they just go crazy with the levels. Like, they're not yeah. your typical Mario, like, just get to the end type levels. They'll play around with the tools that create. they give creators also to make, like, weird gimmicky levels that are kind of neat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. I love that. I've been seeing some people post some some gameplay segments, and I, I love that a lot of the levels are just created to be a giant spectacle. Yeah. yeah, like a giant show off, like Mario fireworks show, almost of look at all this insane <laughs> yeah. stuff that we can mm-hmm. s- stuff into this level altogether. Yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's cool. Uh, so I've been playing that, and then I played a little bit more Assassin's Creed Three. I've been going through that as well. Um, I should uh, have my review hopefully up by the end of this week or or early next week. Uh, maybe I'll stream that for 4th of July. That seems like a good 4th of July game. (laughs) Fight against the British on the 4th of July. That'd be, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I've been playing that. And I think that's, that's pretty much all I've been playing. I tried to get back into (laughs) Mortal Kombat 11 because I really want to play against Mike. But then every time I load up, I'm like, uh, another game's calling me. And then I'll go do something else instead. (laughs) I know. I know. But Mario Maker, I got I got the tin, I got the lunch pail from from Target, so that was kind of cool. Oh, cool! Yeah, so uh, yeah, that was neat. Uh, that's what I'm playing. All right, so before we go, then why don't we go around and tell people how they can get a hold of us? And and Christian, we'll start with you. How can people get a hold of you? Sure, I'm on Twitter at Christian Cubs. Otherwise, you can find my reviews at Priscore.com, NewGameNetwork.com, and GamerHeadsPodcast.com. Nice and blue. How can people get a hold of you? You can almost always find me on Twitter. My handle is at writersview, and it's spelled with a Y, so W-R-Y. And then I also have a website, which is writersview.com. And we should also say, too, that you also run uh, the GamerHeads uh, Twitter account, too. Uh, I don't run it. it. I just... <laughs> okay. You help with it. You help I with it. help with it, but we, I don't we, we run We co-run it. the Twitter account. <laughs> And uh, listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. That's GamerHeadsPC. Uh, you can also send us an email at info at GamerHeadsPodcast.com. Uh, and you can also go to our website at GamerHeadsPodcast.com. Leave us uh, messages there or Facebook.com slash GamerHeadsPodcast. Uh, and, and if you have a chance, please do go out and leave us a review on iTunes. It, it, we greatly, greatly appreciate that. Uh, if you can leave us a review there, it helps us grow uh, our community of listeners and shows your appreciation of the show as well. All right. Thanks uh, for everybody for listening. Blue, thank you for joining. You're welcome. And Christian, thank you for joining. Thanks for having me. And listeners, thanks again for listening to our show. Uh, do reach out to us if you have questions. We'd love to answer any questions you have for the show. Until next week, take care and uh play some games. (laughs) See ya. Bye.